Okay, if you got your Bibles, open up to uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. We're not going to be in 1 Corinthians today. Um, we'll get back to 1 Corinthians, but there's just kind of something that uh, has uh, popped up and just in my reading, and I wanted to... Uh, to kind of bring this this out, uh, I really love the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, I was reading it just the last couple of days, and um, for those of you who know the book of Ecclesiastes, it's it's kind of written like the book of Proverbs, but it's a little more of a story to go through uh, than Proverbs. Whereas Proverbs, you can read ten verses and get ten different things out of it. But uh, the Ecclesiastes is. Uh, we don't, we don't know this for sure, but we're guessing uh, just by the way it's written and the wording in it. It's probably written by Solomon, uh, like some of the book of Proverbs was and the Song of Solomon, all those things. But anyway, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is kind of Solomon's way. I'm giving you just a little bit of background as because this will get to where we're going. And so, if, does anybody know, there's like two phrases in the book of Ecclesiastes that comes, o- comes up over and over and over again. Does anybody know what either one of them are? That that comes up, but that's like something that just shows up over and over and over again. He says the phrase "under the sun" all the time, which tells me that he really likes summertime, like I do. Um, anyway, uh, I'm kidding. He, but he says like the the phrase "under the sun" comes up all the time, and then this this phrase "vanity" or "it's all vanity" or basically what he's getting at through the entire book of Ecclesiastes is. What in the world is the purpose of life anyway, right? What is the purpose? Uh, I've had a lot. I've not had a lot. I've been there. I've done that. I've tried that. I've all these different things. What is the purpose in it? Because basically, what it what it boils down to is like, is this is this life just vanity? Is everything that we're doing here just vanity? Is there even any point in what's going on? And so he basically goes through. Uh, I've tried this didn't really work. I tried that. I tried going the drinking route. I tried going the after the ladies route. I tried going the following God route. I've tried all the different things. What is the point? Do I even really have purpose in what's going on? And I think the reason I like this book so much is because a lot of times we feel the same way. You might feel like, yeah, I've got purpose in life. I've got Christ. I've got all these different things. But you'd be lying to me if you told me that there wasn't ever a time where you were like, what is the point of what I'm doing here? Even if it's ministry, even if it's doing what we do, uh, I have feelings like that at times. It's like, what is the point? I get up and teach and I feel like uh, I'm, I'm speaking to a brick wall or there's times I get up and teach and I feel like everybody's getting it, but I'm not. And so it's kind of like, what is what is the purpose? And I really like this book because he goes through all these different things. And so uh, flip to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And so it's not the complete end of the book, but this is kind of like he's he's went through this whole dissertation on i've tried it tried that what's the point you know what and he gets to chapter nine and he's kind of like now here's the conclusion of the matter right here's what i've come up with after going through everything that i've went through and so uh if you if you've got if you're taking notes you want a title uh, i titled this uh is life really vanity is life really vanity and so uh what does the word vanity mean does anybody know like if you were to look up a definition of vanity what is it Huh? Empty? Empty? That's kind of. Today's version of vanity is like conceited or uh, full of yourself. But that's not really what it's talking about in the Bible here. When you look it up, uh, like the second meaning of it is kind of what the Bible's talking about. is something that is vain. Well, that doesn't really help, right? Vanity, vain, okay. Uh, Or something that is empty or valueless, right? And there's times that people just think, my life is is pointless. What I'm trying to do here is pointless, right? I feel like uh, I speak and nobody listens. I feel like I do and nobody sees. I feel like 
everything that I'm doing, what is the point in what I'm doing? And so that's the question I have, because uh, I think that's the question that Solomon was kind of asking through his entire book, is, is life really vanity, right? And so here's what I've got today, because I've got to get moving. Uh, I've got six thoughts to help us live a life that's more than just vanity, as we go through this. Six thoughts to help us live a life that's more than just, what is the point, right? And so I'm going to go through this, uh, and we'll just kind of look at it uh, as we go through it. But I promise you've all been there at some point. Maybe you're there today where it's just like, I don't even know why. I'm here because I'm supposed to be. I go to work because that's what I'm supposed to do. I do this because... But at some point, it's like, what is the point in what I'm doing? Well, I promise you can live a life where there is point, there is meaning, there is value, there is uh, purpose in what you do, and you can feel like not happy because happy is a feeling, but you can be joyful, right? And joyful and happiness are two different things in case you're wondering. Uh, Joyfulness is uh, something that God gives you, right? And you can choose to have it. Uh, Happiness is circumstantial and uh, really unattainable if you want to know the truth uh, as far as what happiness is because you can have everything that you think you want and then you'll decide you want something different so happiness is kind of unattainable but joyfulness is right there so six thoughts to help us live a life that's more than just vanity let me read the first verse so he's went through this whole thing and he gets to chapter nine and he says for all this i considered in my heart everything up until chapter nine even to declare all this so basically everything that i've said i've thought about and this is what i've come to that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. None of you know anything except you know God. And even when you know God, sometimes you still feel lost, but you have purpose, right? So the first thought to help you live a life that's more than just vanity is believe that your life is in the hand of God. Now, I understand that you guys are here on Sunday morning, and you're like, obviously, I believe that, or I would be sleeping right now, or I would do something else because it's beautiful outside, i got things to do. Do you actually believe that your life is in the hand of God? Do you actually believe that he holds the cards? Now, I don't want you to get confused and call me Calvinistic and say, you have every uh, opportunity through your free will to do right or wrong even after you're saved, right? You have every opportunity to follow God, to get up, get in the word and live righteously, or every opportunity to get up, say, I don't really need that right now. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I don't really care and go off the deep end, right? So I don't want you to think that when I say your hand, your life is in the hand of God, that it's like, well, I'll just live. And if I'm supposed to be righteous, then God will make me righteous because that's what a Calvinist would say. Or if I'm supposed to be evil, then I'll be evil. And maybe he'll get a hold of my heart at some point. Uh, That's, that's not right. What I am saying is, if you're saved today, your hand is in the life of God. The circumstances through which happen in your life that you might think are great, um, God allows them. The circumstances in your life that you might think are terrible, God allows them. Now, sometimes those terrible circumstances are uh, because of sin in your life. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just trying. Go read the book of Job. Job didn't do anything wrong. He had three friends that tried telling him for like chapter after chapter that, hey, man, if you just get sin out of your life, then this wouldn't have happened. And that's not the case. Sometimes God allows things to happen, to get your attention, to grow you, to stretch you, to mold you, all of these different things, right? And you need to under, you need to believe that your life is in the hand of God. So the first thing he says, I've tried it all. And if you don't live a life where I believe that there's something bigger than me, that I can do all the right things, say all the right things, and guess what? Things still go wrong. Right? You can do uh, all the right things. I can, I can build something just the right way, and sometimes it's still not going to turn out just perfect. It just doesn't. Right? Uh, John works on big motors. Right? 
You can put things back together what seems like perfect, and sometimes they still don't run. It just happens, yeah. Yeah. They send you something, and you're like, hey, put this together, and you got all these extra parts. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sure this is important, but I don't know where it goes, right? You have to believe that your life is in the hand of God, right? That there's there's something bigger than you going on, right? Does that mean that you just throw your hands up and say, well, no, if you believe that there's a purpose and that it's in God's hands, well, then maybe you're going to live with purpose and give him something to have glory through, right? Does that make sense? The first thing you have to believe, if you've tried it all, if you've been at all, is believe that your life is in the hand of God. He goes on in verse 2 to 3. He says, all things come alike to all. Now, some of this is like, what is he saying? I'll break it down. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked. To the good and to the clean, to the un, uh, and to the unclean. To him that sacrifice, if and to him that sacrifice is not, as is uh, the good, so is the sinner. And he that sweareth and he that feareth an oath. The, this is an evil, uh, or yeah, this is an evil uh, among all things that are done under the sun. There's that phrase uh, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go uh, uh, to the dead. Basically, what he's saying here is uh, it doesn't matter if you live righteously or unrighteously. It doesn't matter if you're somebody who goes to church or if you're not. If you're somebody who is sold out to the ministry or not. He says there's one event. He keeps saying this one event. To those who are holy, there's one event. To those who are unholy, there's one event coming. What's he talking about? Uh, yeah, there's death coming. And what happens after death? The judgment. That's what the Bible says. Uh the judgment comes. You will meet your maker, right? At one of two judgments. Now, we'll get into that at a different time. Uh, whether you're saved or lost, you go to one or two judgments. You do get to see God face to face. You do get to answer, right? It's just, uh, anyway, we'll get to that at a different time. But the point is, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, you do have this thing just kind of lurking. And saved people, they live with this joyous, joyous expectation of when I die, something better is coming, Right? Uh, I have this feeling that like I don't want to die. I have things that I still uh, desire to do. I still have responsibilities. But if I did die, I have peace in that. There's really nothing uh, that scares me in the world uh, I, other than nobody showing up at my funeral. But that's for a different reason. It's not for what you think it is. That's actually my biggest fear in life is nobody showing up at my funeral because that means I didn't have an impact on anybody's life. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. We all have this... Uh, we all have this... Meeting... That's coming after death, right? And it's it's going to happen. We all will stand face to face. And so the next thing, the next thought to help you live a life that's more than just vanity, that's more than just purposeless, and I didn't steal this from Tim McGraw, is live like you were dying, right? Live like you were dying. What do I mean by that? I don't mean you need to go skydiving and you know kick all the things off your bucket list, although, yeah, those things are fun to do. Well, yeah, if you're my wife, she really wants to go skydiving. The point is, if you lived every day with the thought of, this is my last day, and at the end of this day, I will meet my maker, you're going to live with a little more purpose today than you would have. I don't mean just go do all the things that are fun, right, and all the things that you want to do. Do those things, those are, that's great. But if you lived like you were dying every day, like if you lived every day with the fact of, I'm going to meet Jesus today, the last thing I want, the, 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 what I don't want the first uh, conversation starter to be between me and Jesus is, hey, what'd you do today? Oh, yeah, about that, <laughs> right? Live every day with purpose. Do something that is uh, 
that gives meaning, not just to your life, but to those around you. Like we have more meaning in life than just to be happy or joyous, right? You have this, you have this purpose in building others around you. Because I promise, what you don't know is which day is going to be your last. And there's gravity to that. You just don't know. You have no idea. You might think, I'll get it figured out. You don't know. So I'm saying, live every day like you're done. Live every day like I'm going to meet Jesus today. And I want to, I want to, I've got like one last chance to bring Him some glory, to do something for Him. You want purpose in life? You want something that's more than just vanity? Live your life like that. I promise. You're going to feel like, wow, I, I, I did something today. And if you get to wake up tomorrow, then praise the Lord, do it again. Because it might be, you just don't know. Keep going. I gotta, I gotta keep going. There's a lot of things I want to say, but I'm not. Verse four. For to him that is, uh, that is joined to all the living, there is hope. Meaning, if you're alive, there's hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Sounds like something out of the book of Proverbs. Right? But it's very true. A living dog is better than a dead lion. You might feel like, I am just nothing. I'm just a dog in the world. I'm just another number. I'm just another whatever. Nobody even knows what I do. Nobody sees what I do. Nobody cares what I do. Nobody would even care if I wasn't here. I promise a living dog is better than a dead lion. Meaning, a living quote-unquote nobody is better than a dead king. Right? Does that make sense? You still have the ability to change somebody's life. If you're dead, you don't anymore. Right? You just don't. For the living know how they should die. But the dead know not anything, neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. The third way, the third thought, not way, to help you live a life that's more than just vanity is understand if you still have breath, you still have purpose. If you still have breath, you still have purpose. You might feel like what you do doesn't matter. At your job, at in your life, in the church, whatever it is. You're just like, I do these things because God says to do them and I'm supposed to and all this, but like, there's just no purpose. I promise, if you're still breathing, then you still have purpose. Because I do know this about the God that I serve. If I didn't have purpose, there's no purpose for me to be here. And he would just take me out. Because I have something better. So the fact that I am still here, he still has meaning and purpose for me in my life. Right? And you need to believe that. You need to believe that. He says in, in those, uh, verses, he says their love and their hatred and their envy, talking about those who die with some sort of like root of bitterness or this vengeance or whatever they've got. I'm just never gonna let it go. You know, you, you know a person like that that just got something they just won't let go. I promise, uh, when you die, it'll be gone. But really, there's no freedom in death. You could have had freedom in life if you just let it go. There's no reason to live life like that, where it's just like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? Can you believe it? Just do what you do, man. Uh, serve God the way that you can and understand that people, people, not certain people, but people, all make mistakes and they all fail and they'll all let you down at some point. Your spouse, the person that you're closest to in the world will let you down sometimes. Not because they mean to. Like the people you work with, the people that you're around. I promise, if you rely on me, I will let you down at some point. Probably more often than not. Not because I want to, but that's just what happens. So what 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 point is there to walk around with this like 
grudge or bitterness or what, like, let it go. I promise there's freedom. And the fact that you're just like, all right, I'm just living for God today. Because if you just live for God today, uh, there's, there's joy in that. There's peace in that. Sometimes, sometimes joy isn't even what we're after. It's just peace. You ever thought, if I could just have peace in my life? Well, I, I promise. Just let it go. Allow God to take care of those things and you live for Him. Right? Understand that if you have breath, you have purpose and there's peace in that. I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing, but I, I believe that, you know, I believe that, uh, my hand is in, my life is in the hand of God, so there must be purpose in it. There's peace in that. Do what you know He's told you to do until He tells you to do something different. I don't know how many times I've said that. Do what you know He has told you to do until He tells you to do something different. And that might be the most simple, basic thing, but just do that. Because, man, you'd never know what the next step is going to be, what the next domino to fall is going to be. You just don't know. You might feel like there was just no purpose in what I was doing. I was here and I was serving and I was doing And then all of a sudden something happens and it's like, now I've got more to do than I ever knew what to do. Okay? Be faithful with what He's called you to do. I think it's in Thessalonians it says, Faithful is He that calls, He will also will do it. If He's called you to do it, then He will get it done as long as you're willing to just allow Him to do it. I hope it makes sense. If you still have breath, you still have purpose. I have other things that I'd like to say there, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, number four, verse seven. Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. He's basically saying, I've seen it all, done it all, tried it all. And here's the best way to go about this. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white. So that means clean. Let thy hands lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife of whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy, uh, thy life. And in thy uh, labor which thou... I'm sorry. Uh, for that is thy portion in this life. And in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do... Uh, sorry, that's too far. Number four. The fourth thought to help you live a, a life that's more than just vanity. Now, every one of us could say this is, that's probably the most important one, but, uh, this one kind of hits, this is the most important one to me, like, as of right now in my life, because I've seen some things and I've done some things, and that all of these are important. Some of them are going to hit closer to home, but, um, number four, a joyful life comes from who we have, not what we have. A joyful life not a happy life. A joyful life comes from who we have, not what we have. A lot of us, a lot of years of my life, I won't even say us, I'll talk about me. I spent, man, going and going and going, working and working and working, going to school, doing all the things, right? Because, man, I thought there was, I, I needed the next thing. I had to do the next thing. I was supposed to have the next thing, right? The next car, the next house, the next whatever it is. I gotta, I gotta provide for my family. We gotta have the things. We gotta do the stuff. And it's vanity. <laughs> and you'll chase it till you die. Right? Even in ministry, if you're after the next thing and the next title and the next this and the next that, it's vanity. There's peace in just understanding God has put me right here with these people for a purpose. Minister to these people. 
until he gives you somebody else to minister to. Right? He says, just be joyous with what you have. He says, let thy garments always be white, meaning clean. Don't live a sinful life. And he says, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee unto the Son. Right? Now, I understand it's talking about a marriage concept here, but I'm just talking about you got a family, you got somebody in your life, that right there is going to give you more purpose than anything that you have, anything that you can acquire. Right? Um, Paige and I are by no means wealthy. Some people think that we are. I don't know why you think that, but uh, we're just faithful. Um, but I promise, I've we yeah, God provides for us. I'll say that. But we've been on the end of things where it was like, I don't know how God's going to provide. We've been at both ends of this thing a little bit. And uh, I promise, the people are what matter. More than anything that you can have, anything that you can do, any experience you can have, right? Some people are like, well, I want experiences instead of things. Well, that's great. But you can have experiences right at home, Right? Sometimes you don't have to go on the next vacation or do the next thing. Um, just spend time with the people that you love. A joyful life comes from who we have, not what we have. Because I promise you never know when you won't have them anymore. For whatever reason. You just don't know. Right? Sin is in the world. I don't know if you knew that or not. Like, sorry to pull up the curtain behind the, you know, man behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz thing, but guess what? There, there's sin in the world. People do dumb things. And then sometimes you are left on the end of, of that that you're just like, I don't understand. I don't know what to do. I don't go back to believe that your life is in the hand of God, that he's got purpose in all of it. But man, don't ever think that I'll make it right tomorrow. I'll take care of it tomorrow. We'll go do that tomorrow. I'll say that tomorrow. Man, today's the day to do it. You want to have joy in your life? Not happiness. Because happiness is circumstantial. You might be like, today is a really happy day. Well, guess what? You might not be tomorrow. But joy comes from the Lord, is what the Word of God says. It comes from who we have, not what we have. And you might be like, well, I don't have the person that I really want in my life. You have somebody, don't you? You have something. You have someone. I, I just, too often we focus so much on what we don't have. And we totally miss what's right in front of our face and what we do have. And then, all of a sudden, what you do have sometimes is gone for whatever reason. And then you're like, I never saw it until it was gone. Uh, this is your reminder today to see it because it needs to be right there. Like, you have people in your life. And love them, minister to them, make a difference. Because you just don't know. Verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. You should underline that in your Bible. If you were me, you would underline that in your Bible because there's something to say there. Basically, whatever you do, do it with freaking everything that you can. Don't, don't be somebody that just freaking halfway does things. You want, I don't have a lot of pet peeves. That's one of them. Somebody that just like goes through the motions doing something. If you're going to do it, do it with purpose. And if you're not, then just don't do it at all. Right. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Uh, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all they might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. I returned and saw unto the sun 
that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither the bread to the wise, neither the riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. There's some wisdom in that verse. Verse 12, For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken uh, in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. The next thought to help you live a life that's more than just vanity, more than just valueless, empty, purposeless, all of that. Live without preconceived conclusions. Now, I didn't say ideas because that's what the world calls them, the preconceived ideas. We live in a worse state at times where we have preconceived conclusions. Before we ever even step into whatever it is, we have in our mind how it's going to end. It's not just an idea of how, what might happen. We have these conclusions. Well, if I get in the ministry, then this, 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 this will happen, and it's going to end up terribly, so I'm not going to do it. If I get in a relationship, this, this, this can happen, and it's going to end terribly, so I'm just not going to do it. If I do this, and we, we work our way all the way down through, this is the end of it, and it's just terrible, right? Because we just have these mindsets that are just negative, because that's what the world that we live in just pumps into our skull, Right? Live without preconceived conclusions. Right? It says that uh, I returned and saw unto the sun. Uh, he gives several examples here in verse 11. That the race is not to the swift, meaning the fastest guy doesn't always win the race. Nor the battle to the strong, the biggest army doesn't always win. Neither bread to the wise, riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. It doesn't always work out the way that we think it's going to work out. Have you ever had something in your life that happened and you were like, I didn't see that coming? Well, guess what? That's because generally God was involved. right? Generally, uh, God was like, hey, watch this. Let me show you what I can do. Let me show you something here. Live without preconceived conclusions. Too often our relationships are severed or broken or just messed up because we just assume that we know how it's going to end. If you say this, if you do this, or you know that if you do this, it's not going to help. If you, uh, whatever it is. And we just assume. Now, if you want to know what happens when you assume, you can ask Phil. I'm sure he'll tell you. But uh, uh, it doesn't usually work out well. <laughs> I'll text you. We live with these preconceived conclusions and we don't just do what God has told us to do. Hey, I need to go to lunch with these people. Well, I don't really have time, and it's not really, these other people are connected to them, so it's not really going to help. And uh, guess what? You don't always have the opportunity. Stop living with these, con- these, these preconceived notions that's like, well, it's not going to do any good. You don't know if it's going to do any good. If God has pricked your heart to do something, then do it. If He's pricked your heart to say something, then say it. Stop just assuming that you know. If there's ever been a time in Paige and I's marriage where things were like kind of on the rocks, it's because I didn't just say what needed to be said. Because I just assumed that it wasn't going to help, that she wasn't going to care, all these different things. And then generally, when it comes down to it, I finally, after way too long, say what I should have just said. And it's like, hey, look at that. Right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship, if it's a circumstance. Don't just assume that you know how it's going to work out. Is God involved? Well, if you're involved and you're saved, then yes, God is involved. You don't know how it's going to end because you are believing that your life is in the hand of God 
And I promise, there are times that God is going to take your life in places that you never would have dreamed of, that you didn't even want to happen. And then years later, you're like, I couldn't even imagine my life without this now. Don't just assume that you know how it's going to go. Solomon, he, he tried it all, I promise. If you go and study the life of Solomon, he did it all, he tried it all. Some of it was really righteous and godly. Like He built the temple for God. Some of it was not so righteous and godly, like 300 wives and 700 concubines or something like it. It was messed up. I promise, this guy has done it all and seen it all. It's messed up. And he's like, this is what it's come down to, man. Don't live like that. Because just because you think it's going to work out, doesn't always work out like that. If God said go, then go. If God said do, then do. And if he said stop, then stop. Whatever it is, I'm just saying. <laughs> Verse 13. He wraps it up in these last six verses. The wisdom... I'm sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun. And it seemed great unto me that there was a little city and a, and a few men within it so he's kind of telling the story. He's like, there's this little city, there's only a few guys in it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it and, great, uh, and built great bulwarks against it. So basically, he's getting ready to just like, huge army coming against this tiny little city. He's going to take this thing out. Now there was found in it, in the city, a poor wise man, and he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. It doesn't say how he delivered it, what he did, Whatever, it just says he delivered it. But nobody remembered him. Right? Nobody's like, hey, you remember that guy? Verse 16, Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of the wise men are, uh, the words of wise men are heard in quiet more than this, uh, more than the cry of him that ruleth, uh, among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. Again, this kind of ties into the last one. Stop living with these preconceived things that you think, oh, that's going to happen, that should happen, that will happen, whatever. You don't know. Um, but he's like, why don't you just live life and see what happens? Because too often, we just choose not to live life. Not to go, not to do, not to say. And we're just like, I don't... Go ahead and live it and see what happens. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and say it and see what happens. The last thought to help you live a life that is more than just vanity is know that life is better lived than spoken. Know that life is better lived than spoken. You ever know somebody that like they've got something to say about everything? It doesn't matter what it is. They could have no idea what they're talking about. Man, they've got a story about it. And if they've never done it, they've got a story about somebody that they know that did it better than anybody else, right? Sometimes less is more. Now, I'm not saying if you're somebody who talks more than others, that's a bad thing. Um, just make sure there's purpose behind what you say. Life is better lived than spoken. Now, I don't want to step on anybody's toes when I say this, but maybe you need to hear it. I don't know. Life is better lived than typed out in pictures on social media as well. I don't know. I don't do any of that stuff. I did Facebook for a time years ago. I don't do any of it anymore. Because it's like, I really don't care about... I mean, I care about people, but I don't care about the life that you want to portray that you have to everybody. Uh, if, you, if you want to have an impact on my life, come talk to me. Uh, come, let's, let's have a conversation, right? 
live your life. Don't portray it in pictures or in words or, yeah, I did that, I did that. He's just like, hey, there was a poor man and he did more through his wisdom than the strongest of strong could have ever done. Right? Um, live your life with purpose, with meaning, and just understand that like, you don't know. You don't know. And so, a life lived is better than a life that wasn't. Like, who wants to be the guy that's laying, or the gal that's laying on their deathbed thinking, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have helped that person, met that person, done that thing. Like, nobody wants that. Go ahead and live it. You've only got one life on earth. Now, you've got eternity with Christ. Praise the Lord. But you've only got one life. Man, make sure you live it with purpose. Right? Okay. That's what I got. I got a lot more I'd like to say. Um, Let's pray. We'll get out of here. Uh, Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for um, just being good to us. Uh, Lord, you um, you hold the cards, uh, so to speak. And uh, Lord, we're just a part of what you're doing. And for how long, nobody knows. But Lord, we do just pray that uh, you would get the honor and the glory for everything that's going on in our lives because this might be the last day that we have to give you honor and glory. This might be the last chance that we have to say, to do, to speak, to make an impact on somebody's life. You just don't know. And so, God, I pray that you would use us, that you would stir us up to be more like you. Um, Lord, there's so many things going on in uh, the church, uh, even more so, not more so, but uh, even right here in the Passpoint class. Lord, I know of people that are that are hurting. There's a lot of things going on. There's uh, marriages that are broken. There's uh, just lives that are shattered. There's uh, joys in people's lives. There's new babies. There's new life. There's all these different things, Lord. And uh, I pray that we would just live a life that understands that you do uh, know how we feel, what we're going through, and that we're only going to find peace through you, and that we would just love the people while we can because we just don't know. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, send us out this week as lights in dark world. There's a lot happening this week. There's VBS. There's all these different things. But, uh, Lord, I pray that we would maybe go back and just kind of look over this list and make sure that we are um, living a life that does have meaning and purpose and that we're not just meandering through life because there's wisdom through your, your man Solomon here. And I pray that you would get the... The glory through Him, uh, through Your Word, uh, as we just evaluate where we're at with these things, and uh, that we would just give it all to You while we still can. So, uh, I pray You just bless everything that happens this week, everything that we do, everything we say, everyone we meet in Christ's name, Amen. All right. So, one last thing. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I should give details, but uh, there's not a lot of times that I'm like, "Hey, you should pray about this," um, but pray for the Carroll family. I'm just going to say that, okay? Um, so, and usually sitting here with Holly and Brady, uh, just pray for them. Um, they're going through it, so details will come out soon enough, but uh, just pray for them. It's it's hard. So, uh, God's good no matter what. Just remember that. As you start hearing details, just remember that God is good no matter what. So, uh, anyway, uh, I love you guys. Uh, see you guys this week, if not sooner. So, uh, alright, peace out.